0: When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other, we help each other to grow, we also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me, and let's connect. Connection
1: About it.
0: In this episode of Soulful Connections, we do tackle the very difficult subject of suicide. Honey Buff and Tess Kunick very bravely and generously share their personal story. If you would like to know more, I encourage you to visit theliveproject.org. So today I am here with Honey Buff, Executive Director of the Live Project, and her daughter Tess Kunis, who serves as the Programs and Impact Director of the Live Project. So let's start with you, Tess. Can you tell me what is the Live Project?
2: Sure. We are a nonprofit organization, um, and our mission is to build creative tools and programs that spark fearless conversations around suicide. So, um, you know, we're not a crisis center, we're not a therapeutic service. We are a group of creatives who work with mental health professionals and with youth to build tools. Um, that, that are exciting and encourage us to have these conversations because I think it's the conversations that can help bust that stigma around mental health.
0: I Love that, I love it. And I love what you're doing. And I have visited your website and I will say as a parent, I really respond to it. I think it's a great service that you're doing. Um, for all of us in the community, whether we are feeling suicidal ourselves, whether we know somebody who we feel is, you know, in danger in some way. I think it it it's great for that, but it's also great for all of us to understand that we're vulnerable, we're human beings, we don't know how we're going to feel from one minute to the next. And these conversations are important, always at all stages. Um, And I love, love that you're doing it. I know um, Liv was your sister, Tess, and your daughter, Honey. Um, Honey, can you talk about Liv and um, what started this project? Why you do it? Yes. Liv
1: was an extraordinary young woman. She was... um, hysterically funny. She was brilliant, musically gifted. She had taught herself to play the the, um, piano and the ukulele. She was in all the high school musicals and choirs. She was a cheerleader. Um, She was known as the kid who would walk through the hallways with a smile on her face. And she was always cracking jokes, She was always, she just had this effervescent um, uh, just, she exuded bright light and, um, but she was also incredibly compassionate and kind. And if anyone was struggling, she would be there for them. And so, um, you know, uh, she, She passed away when she was 19 years old. She was away at school. Um, There were a constellation of risk factors that contributed to um, her suicide. She had gone to a party and had a lot of alcohol to drink and she was alone in her dorm room and whatever emotional crisis she was feeling in that moment, she just wanted the pain to end. Uh So, our, our community and our loved ones, everyone was shocked that she had died by suicide. And we felt that in the spirit of the person who lived was because she wanted to help others. We wanted to do something that would prevent other families and communities from feeling this excruciating pain of losing
0: such a, bright star in our orbit. I think that's really um, an important point. The fact that, um, you know, when somebody is severely depressed or experiencing something, you don't always know it. You know, all of us, all of us walk around kind of saying everything's fine. What's the answer? If somebody says, how are you? You say, fine, I'm fine. That's what we do. That's how we're conditioned. So I really do think that um, that's a beautiful testimony to her. And it's a beautiful uh, tribute. Um, So can you tell me just a little bit about if I'm somebody who I think I know somebody, whether they're in my family or not. And I think, you know, I'm not sure, but I feel like they might be at risk. What do I do? They're not, it's not a crisis at this point, but are there any tips that you would have for somebody like me?
1: Yes, Deb, there are a number of tips and you can also find them on our website. Um, things you can do is, Sit down and talk with your person, and and actually say to them, "I'm noticing some changes in you, and I'm I'm concerned. You know, are they are they sleeping more? Are they eating less? Are they no longer um, associating with their friends? Are are they avoiding things they used to love to do? And you can be the best thing you can do is be really open." and um, encourage a conversation with them and and just say, I'm noticing this, what's going on? And don't be afraid if you're worried about um, their possibility, the possibility of suicidal thoughts or self-harm, it's totally fine to use the words and ask them, are you feeling suicidal? Are you having thoughts of self-harm? and then the most important thing you can do is just stop and listen to them let them talk to you and it it actually by by you coming to them it's actually a release for them because then they feel like oh my gosh i don't have to carry this secret this you know shame or you know like it, they'll want to, they'll feel so much more comfortable because you're being open to having the conversation with them.
0: Yeah, that's great because I do, I even feel like it's a scary word. It's really scary. And I think that we carry this thought that if we bring it up, we'll put it in their head or we'll make this kind of like, oh, they didn't see this as an option. And now I'm letting them see it as an option. I think. I think that's a prevailing thought. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I would also say, don't try to fix it. You know, Mm -hmm. I know with Liv, she knew how afraid I was of of what she was going to say. And whenever she, I knew she was, you know, having thoughts of self-harm or suicide, I'd be like, okay, well, how can we fix it? How can we get rid of those? And what we've learned since her passing is, that's not helpful. You know, when someone is feeling that way, they don't want to be fixed. They just want to be heard. Um, And so kind of turning off that instinct to, to fix and problem solve and just listen. And then once you listen, you can work together to figure out what, you know, the next steps can be.
0: That's that's actually a beautiful thought in any conversation of trouble.
1: Yes. And, and, as a parent and and Amanda, you can relate to this is we feel like it's our job to fix things for our kids. And uh, like Tess said, I wish I had known that before Liv passed away because I spent a lot of time being like, okay, we're on it. You know, I'm going to solve this with you, you know, like our, you know, we're going to call this doctor and we're going to do X, Y, and Z instead of sitting with her telling her, I am not afraid of anything you can share with me, I'm here for you, I love you, and we'll work through this together, but allowing her to be vulnerable and open about how she feels is, it's so important as a parent to do that.
0: That's a really great message, and I think it's a message that can't be said enough. And probably as anybody in a relationship, any kind of relationship, I think that's a really, really important message. Um, such a, such a traumatic loss. You know, there's just no way around that, that pain. How have you processed, how do you get through it? How have you gotten through it? And, you know, Can you share a little bit about that, both of you?
2: It is, I mean, the the most traumatic loss I could ever imagine for for our family. Um, There's something about losing someone to suicide that is so complex. Um, You know, I've often heard of suicide um grievers you know being termed as like comp it's complex grief because there's so many unanswered questions you want to go back and figure out you know what exactly happened and there's things you'll never know um something that helps me i mean is talking about her i love when people ask about her uh or you know just random things like what was Liv's favorite color or, you know, like what was her order at Chipotle? Just like extremely random things. Um, and creating myself has, uh, always been something that, you know, it creating has always been the thing that helps me process whatever I'm going through. Um, and so since Liv passed, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing. Um, It was really hard for me to talk to her, you know, aloud. So I started writing to her and that has been helpful. Um, And also, you know, talking with my mom. I mean, it's, we lost the same person. And some days it's like, gosh, no one understands. No one gets it, you get it. Um, And also talking to other uh, siblings who've lost Yes. lost their siblings has been really helpful. Um, and I would also say one other thing I'll never forget. One of my very dear friends said to me a couple of days after Liv died, he said, do you want to talk about it or do you want me to distract you? And that was like the most beautiful invitation ever because people are so afraid to talk about death in general but especially suicide because there's so much stigma about it. And so being given that option of like, oh, he does want, he he would love to talk about it, but also if I wanna be distracted, that's an option too. Um, So I always think about that, like that was such a helpful thing um, for me.
0: A very good piece of advice too, because I think that the people around you, when there's any loss, you know, people don't know what to say. And sometimes when people don't know what to say, they choose to say nothing because they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing. And I think that's powerful what you're saying, Um, because if you can extend some thought and say something, I think that's much better, I would have to imagine than silence. And um, honey, how about you? I mean, I, I'm a mother and I really, you know, can't, I can't imagine, but I, my imagination leaves off because we don't want to let that pain in. Um, how have you processed this or how have you, how, what has your journey been like?
1: Yes. Um, my, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, it's, as a mom, we're changed on a cellular level when we lose a child. And um, it's, it's sometimes unspeakably brutal, um, thinking about the pain that my child was feeling in that moment when she decided to end her life. Um, What has helped me in my journey has been um, reading Tess and I both love reading. We, we exchange books constantly, um, books about grief, books about suicide loss, um, have been very helpful. The, like Tess said, our relationship, Tess and I have this great relationship where we can be so open with each other about um, how we're feeling and, and, and just say, I am having a big time grief day today. So I, I kind of need to take a break. Um, and we honor that with each other. Um, I, when I moved here to Pennsylvania, I found an amazing grief counselor who uh, I I credit a lot with helping me get through um, the really hard times and helping me frame what I was feeling and how to kind of embrace it. Because if you push grief away, it's only going to delay your healing process. But I also want to say in the same breath, we're never going to be healed from this, we're going to live with this the rest of our lives. Um, And that's, that's a a tough thing to acknowledge. And then the other thing is, is is creating the live project has given me purpose, because, you know, in the beginning, I was just like, what is my purpose, you know, I am so lost, so I feel so incredibly disconnected from reality by this, this, this horrible loss. And starting the Live Project and working on the film uh, project and the and the game and all the connections that we're making with young people um, and uh, all generations, that that starts filling my soul, you know. So that's really,
0: really helped on this process. You know, do you ever um, feel her presence? Do you actually feel her presence? Because she did seem, from your description, and I've seen videos of her as well, and what a beautiful, joyful, um, talented person. You know, you, she was captivating, I, I think. Um, that's a big presence. Do you feel her?
2: Sometimes I, I do feel her whenever I'm like, ah, I'm never feeling her, a sign comes, something happens. Um, I would say, excuse me, one of the most like visceral moments of feeling her was for me um, in the process of working on this, this documentary film about her. I remember one day just being in my bedroom and screaming and crying and just like calling out and saying like, where are you? where are you? Where did you go? I just, it's so hard to fathom, like how someone can be here and then not. And I was, it was really the first time where I was vocally like, where are you live? Like what, what the hell's happening? And I swear 10 minutes later, um, the film team, someone from the film team sent us a video and said, have you ever seen this video or heard Liv play this song? And it was a, a video neither of us had ever seen. We hadn't heard her sing this song. And she was covering a song. I can't remember who, the title or who it's by, but the lyrics are basically, I'm lying on the moon. My dear, I'll be there soon. Like I'm a million miles away, but but I'm here basically.
0: And I was like, okay, <laughs> I got it, you're here. Yes huge that is powerful tess can i ask you um what your relationship was like as sisters as siblings yeah yeah thank you for asking that i'm like yes i
2: always (laughs) want to talk about that um (laughs) so i um live was born when i was eight and a half years old so we had a significant age difference um and initially i was like i'm not gonna be the baby of the family anymore you know, what is, what's going to happen. But the second she was born, I was like, oh, I am a big sister. This is awesome. Um, you know, really took like a caregiving role, you know, was always helping mom changing diapers and like always having her on my hip. And, you know, she was like live, I am a theater person and love music. And so when she was little, I would be like, okay, we're putting on wizard of Oz today you know, let me direct you. And she would be like, no, this is the way we're going to do it. And so it was, you know, even though we had this age difference, there was very much that like that sister magic that's like so connected, but also like, we're going to, I'm going to tell you how it is. And if I don't agree, I don't agree. Um, So when I moved to Philadelphia for college, she was about nine or 10. Um, So I missed a lot of, you know, her growing up but we still texted every moment of every day. Um, and, you know, I just, I loved coming home and her being at the airport with mom. And, you know, she just, I was so proud to be her big sister.
0: Oh, right. And honey, uh, can you um, talk about her presence and how you keep her... Here with you in this stage of your relationship?
1: Yes. Um I I talk to her all the time. And if something happens, or if I hear a thud or if a light flickers, I'm like, hey, Liv, I see you. I see you. And it literally happened the other night. It was so funny. My husband hadn't come to bed yet, and his light was on and it was flickering. And it was while I was reading some really disturbing news, you know, about Ukraine and Russia, and my heart was racing, and I was, and the lights started switching, and I was like, "Is that you, Liv?" And it flickered again, and I was like, "Okay, uh, I hear you. I I need to turn this off, don't I?" And and it flickered again, and then my husband came in, and it stopped flickering. Um, The other thing um, that will happen is like when I feel. Uh, the feelings that Tess was describing about like, dang it, I I feel like I'm not feeling her now. Like I'm feeling there's more of a distance. And then suddenly um, she loved the numbers 333. And I'll look at my phone and it's 333. Or I'll be driving and I'll be like, Liv, I'm, I'm missing you give me a sign and I'll drive by a sign uh, uh, um, an address that's 333. So little things like that, um, ladybugs and bumblebees. She had a bee tattoo on her wrist and I'll look outside and there'll be a bee flying outside the window. So she does give us signs. She does give us signs. And the other thing is um, it weirdly, when I'm in that place of, wow, I am really missing her. One of her friends will text me or send me a Facebook message with, Have you seen this video of Liv? Or look at this great picture I just found. And it's like, Okay. So.
0: Amazing. You know, and I'm thinking also, so you're still here. You both are still here, you know, physically and spiritually, you're here, and you are. I'm sure have moments of great joy in your What for you is like a great day? What makes a day where you're like, you know what? This was a great day.
1: I could speak to that. Um, whenever we are having conversations, um, lately, of course, they're all on Zoom, but when we're having conversations with other organizations or other um, young people, and they talk to us about how the work we're doing has impacted them is my idea of a great day. I mean, there are days when you know the administrative aspects of having um, a, a nonprofit is very taxing. And then Tess and I will have a call with, with an organization that's like, oh my God, I'm blown away by what you guys are doing. I'll, we'll get off the call and we'll be like,
0: this is why
1: we're doing yeah. this. And this, this yeah. brings us joy. So mm.
0: what about you, Tess? What's a great day for you?
2: Ah, oh, I mean, I would definitely echo that. Um, there is something about just connecting with other people and hearing their feedback and their own stories that I'm like, yep, this is why we do it. This is great. Um, also, you know, very just kind of mundane random things like i've been loving you know walks just you know trying to move my body and get fresh air and so when it's like a sunny day like today and i can walk you know whether it's just around the block or i'm gone for an hour i'm like ah okay this is a good day or you know sharing books back and forth with my mom um, or playing board games with my husband you know those little things, um, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, this is this is the good stuff of life.
0: You recently, you got married during the pandemic, isn't that that's correct? Yes. Well, congratulations. I Thank mean, that's you. something that has to be a very joyful, you know, hopeful, moving forward kind of effort. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. <laughs> You can tell I've been married for a long time because I identify (laughs) it as effort. It's work though, yes.
2: (laughs) And I will say one of the best things about, um, you know, getting married was Liv wrote me a bunch of letters when she was maybe like 14 or 15 because I lived far away, you know, and each one was for a different occasion or a different day, like open on a rainy day or open during that time of the month and she had one that was open on your wedding day. And so that was like so special for me. You know, there was so much sadness that she wasn't here, that she couldn't plan it with me or, you know, advise me on my outfit, but reading her handwriting for that specific day was like so beautiful.
0: But is, there's something very powerful about that too. That's very rare and I, think that there's something extraordinarily special about that. I mean, that's that's amazing. That really is. OK, well, the live project has a game and guess what, you guys? I bought it and I will say I love it. I love it. We've already I played it on my youngest daughter's birthday we had so much fun um i'm going to i'm visiting my oldest daughter who's in england soon and i'm bringing it there because i think it's the game it's called the game that goes there and so can one of you explain like what is this game and what's the purpose of this game
2: yes i'd love to so the reason we created the game first and foremost was because of all these conversations with teens and young adults and asking them how do you connect to each other? You know, there's all these tools out there, but like something's not sticking. You know, what is it that you all want? Um, and a lot of them said games and Live loved games. Um, my husband and I, you know, play board games all the time and Liv specifically loved Cards Against Humanity. Um, me and mom and Liv would play it all the time when we were together. And it was just, we would always have, such a good time. So we wanted something with the humor of Cards Against Humanity, but for talking about your feelings in a really real way. So we partnered with this awesome agency called Humanot uh, and kind of gave them this brief of like, this is what we want. We want a game. We want there to be some humor, but also we want there to be some realness. Um, And so, you know, they came to us with this these amazing designs and this concept um, for you know, the way that the game works. And then we, we took it to different focus groups with youth and mental health professionals and they helped us adjust things. And, um, and now we have the final game that you now have in your home. Um, so the way that it works basically is there's three different levels of going there. Um, you can kind of go there. So that's like the green level, kind of dipping your toe in the water. Uh, You can almost go there. That's the middle or the yellow level. And that's things get a little bit more, you know, deep. And then there's the red level, which is we're going there. And those are kind of the more, you know, intense or serious and provocative questions. And The way that it works is, you know, in a social setting, someone will pull out a card and read the prompt and then everyone will write down their responses and hand them in. And then we go around and guess whose thought belongs to who. And through guessing, you learn so much, you know, oh, I thought it was this person, but it's actually you. Whoa, let's talk about that. And organic conversation just pours out through the mechanics of the game. Um, and I will also say, you know, aside from all of the mechanics of guessing and stuff, there are two most important rules that I always love to to reiterate. Um, one is be honest and don't be a jerk. And the other is you only have to go there if you want to. So everyone has agency to go there or not depending on their comfort and that's part of the game. So if you're like, You know, I know in a lot of games, people are like pass and it's like, no, come on, play, come on. But this game, if you don't want to go there, that's okay. You can say, I'm not going there and we can still guess like, was it you who didn't want to go there? Um, And that's valid. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how the game works. I
0: love it. So guess what? I, I, before we, I, wanted, I want to play it with us, okay? Just as a little example. So I'm going to do a, a kind of going there, okay? But we're not going to really play because we're not going to guess who said it because everybody listening would have to wait while we tally up. So we're just going to answer. So a kind of going there is if I didn't have to worry about money, I would spend the rest of my life what? So do you want me to, I'll tell you what I would do. I would um, spend some time doing what I do, you know, dealing with people and their business growth and creating programs for growth in business and life. I also would still do my podcast that we're doing and my, um, my a living website, but I would pour money into it and do all of my dreams. And I'd have a producer right now who could, you know, edit it. And then I would travel and maybe have you know like my husband always has the dream of having like a little restaurant where he can just make rice and beans like every day rice and beans <laughs> so and then I could work on my soulful stuff and come back home so that's what I would do so who wants to go first honey or Tess I can go I'll yeah. go um Kind of like you,
1: I would love, I would pour a bunch of money into the LIB project and, you know, increase the number of programs we have because Tess and I have a, a list of our, it's our wish list of other programs we would like to create to, to help younger people, elementary school kids, middle school kids. Um, so that's part of it. And like you, I would love to, I would travel, but I would be traveling. I would, um, be bringing my whole family. So Max and Tess and their respective spouses and, um, partners and, um, and we would go to places like we would have a wish list of places where we could go and just hang out and, um, learn more about other other beautiful oh. countries and cultures and, and things like that so that's mine yes i oh too God. would you know in
2: terms of the live project definitely if money weren't an option we would be developing games and things all the time you know specifically like mom said for young people um younger people like elementary because you know we need to be talking about our emotions and feelings from the get-go, you know, and that is part of suicide prevention, I think, is just talking about it from a young age, you know, about feelings and how we can talk with one another and process those feelings. Um, And then I think on a personal level, like, you know, I would love to have like an artist's retreat. Somewhere in the woods, you know, like a, a little log cabin where all of my friends and, and artist friends can come and create whenever they want. Um, I also have this weird dream of like owning like a small bookstore. Um, you know, I just, I love, there's something about going into like a, a locally owned, you know, a small business bookshop that I'm like, oh, there's so much magic here. I love this. So those are some things I, so I would agree do.
0: with that. Because whenever my husband talks about like someday having a little tiny restaurant, I'm like, okay, and then I'll have the little book tea area. (laughs) Plus I can, I can teach you how to cook and I say, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) All right, You got the cooking. That's right. You you can have that all to yourself. Okay. So an, an almost going there question is, I would nope out of a friendship if they I know what mine would be if they I hate I hate when I encounter intense bigotry and that would be like just a no sorry no I I can't deal so that would that's my nope Yep, I
1: it's so funny you said that because that's that's pretty much what I was gonna say to anyone who's unkind to another yeah. human being, any sort of um unfairness, unkindness, bigotry, misogyny, anything, I'm yeah. out. I'm gone.
0: I yeah. guess I'm okay with misogyny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say
2: the same thing and you said it so beautifully Amanda I was like how can I phrase this yes. intense bigotry is like yes yeah. we can't be friends um yeah, yeah. and yeah yeah when I think say say
0: what was it Tess? and also I,
2: I I think I would nope out of a friendship too if I wasn't feeling, if I was pouring a lot into it and wasn't getting the same back.
0: Well, that's a good one too.
2: Um, You know, and I've learned that through Liv's passing, like, okay, there are some people who can really be here for me um, and some people who can't, and that's okay. Yes.
1: That's That's such a a good point. That's a very good point. Right. And I think that's, you know, especially in the work that we're doing, it's, you know, modeling for younger people. You do not have to be in a friendship with someone who's toxic or or who is not bringing you joy, you know, learn, learning to, to curate your friends list, you know, for your mental health.
0: I love that curating your friends. So I'm gonna ask you something that it's not a card, but I always find it something that's interesting to me. What traits do you look for in a friend? Like, what is a trait that you think, yeah, I I like that, I respond to that? First of all, I love this question.
2: I'm like, ooh, this is a good one. (laughs) Really think about this. For me, it's like someone who Aligns with the same values I have, but also is very transparent and real with me and can give me, you know, constructive criticism or feedback in a way that's like not unkind, but I actually find it to be very kind because I'm like, oh, you love me so much that you're willing to be this honest with me and tell me when something like upsets you or if I said something that was offensive. Um, So that I love um yeah
0: yeah that's because it's it's an investment they're they're investing in that in you and in the friendship what about you honey
1: yeah pretty much on the same lines also someone who's who if they have a different opinion are able to um articulate it in a way that feels comfortable to me and and can, if they're, they have the ability to kind of change the way I'm thinking about something in a positive way.
0: Um, I, I would like that too in a, in a friend. Yeah. And, and that's why I said intense bigotry, because I think, you know, when we come into the world, you know, there's like poison in the air that we all breathe in. So, you know, we all come with a set of biases and some prejudices that we have to evolve out of. So it's when you, when you so, you know, mild bigotry is just a part of being human in a cert, to a certain degree and we have to evolve out of it. But when there's that kind of, okay, I can't even, we can't even have a discussion, this is intense. And, you know, so that's what, you know. So we're going there. Okay. Oh don't don't ask me about blank unless you want a long ass story. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> Cuz there are some like I'll tell you mine is my, my one of my daughters spent uh, she was in uh, she was creatively constructive internally and as such We spent a long time in Children's Hospital and it was an intense time, a life and death time. And if you ask me about it, you better sit down and because it's gonna start and I'm gonna go. (laughs) And I'm gonna tell you, I just can't seem to talk about that in snippets. That's
1: such an intense question. (laughs) Well, such an
0: intense. You can pass. That's one of the rules.
1: I do think I I am not
2: going to go there. This is the first time I've ever not gone there. Yeah. Only because I know other folks will be listening who I don't know. But. I would happily tell you, Amanda, once we stop recording.
1: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling that myself. And I that's wonder if fine. it's the same
2: one, Mom.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and let, well, I think so you. too. And, and you know what? Let me tell you, I think <laughs> that, I do think that that is an important answer. I yeah. think that it's not just important in the context of the game. I think it's an important answer in the context of life. I think that, you know, we must protect ourselves because I think part of what your project is is not just about teaching people how to protect others because you can be successful at that and you cannot be successful at that. I mean, ultimately you only have a certain amount of control about that. But I think a lot of what you're teaching me through the game and through your um, website and through the other endeavors that you do is also how to protect myself because let's face it that's a huge part of this conversation and that is something that you know at my age I've I've learned but I really do think at you know like at, at Liv's age you know I I understand completely where she was coming from I think you know you're younger and you don't have context and that self protection is not always there so good job, you guys, you modeled good behavior. <laughs> uh, it's
1: so funny because I was, I was just thinking, you know, that is a question that I would feel super comfortable talking about with my therapist <laughs> or, yes. you know, in a, in a small group setting, mm-hmm. certainly like Tess said, not on a podcast, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, but you just brought up a really good point is that, that kids, people, you know, live was 19. Right. our brains are not fully developed until we're 25. So, so younger people um, tend to be more impulsive or um, process things in a less mature way, which, which results in traumatic events like a, a suicide or, or hurting oneself or doing something impulsively that's, that's not necessarily the right thing to do. But um, I think we have to remind ourselves that kids we We can't expect them um, to to get through difficult times without a little bit of help because they're they're just not developed enough to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. And
0: we're all, I mean, they're not developed enough. and you know what, I'm still developing. I mean, sometimes I know I do something as a parent and I'm like, eh, that was wrong. <laughs> but you know, um'm I'm, I'm still figuring it out. My mom and dad, are still figuring it out, you know, this, you wouldn't be here probably if, if you had it all figured out, it's part of it, it's part of the journey. Right. Um, and it, it actually can be a very
1: beautiful part of our life journey, you know, yeah. is learning, is learning, yes. is learning new things every day. And you just made a great point as being a parent, we make mistakes as parents all the time. And I think the important thing is being able to acknowledge it to your kiddos, yeah. And, and to, to, because you're modeling to them that, hey, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Um, and I acknowledge when when I need to tweak things and, and do things better. So.
0: Sure. Um, so I'm going to just ask you a few things that I just like to ask people on my podcast. <laughs> so how about a favorite book or a book that made a significant impact on, on you? And you can do like, You know, I have these books that I read when I was younger that just I think they altered my life. Mm -hmm. And then it could be a more recent book that just you liked or it impacted you.
2: Oh gosh, I could talk about books forever. Truly, I could do a whole
0: (laughs) we could do a whole that would be a great podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that comes to mind that has been really with me for the past year and a half since I read it is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer, Um, (laughs) which is Oh my gosh. um, Me too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, it is a hug. That book makes me feel so held um, and helps me learn about our natural world in a way that is both scientific and also spiritual, purely from the way that um, the author comes at it as both a scientist and an indigenous person. Um, so that book, oh, ah just I, I think of that wow. book all the time. I'm like, that's the one.
1: <laughs> I'm getting it. yes. I, I think that's so funny that that you said that test because literally it's sitting here on my desk and I love it. I love just like going to you know choosing different chapters to go to when I'm I'm feeling um, I need a little bump. In, in my mood. I mean, it's just so beautifully written. Um, Kimmer is incredible. Um, another one that I find um, that I'm loving recently is Permission to Mourn. Um, it's by Tom Zuba and it's a, a book of poetry he wrote. Um, he lost, I think his wife, his daughter, and I think a son to different illnesses and um, he this book is so beautiful it's called a permission to mourn a new way to do grief and it's another one where you can just if you're feeling really down you can just go to his book and open up a chapter and read a beautiful piece of poetry uh, about his grieving process and it really translates to the reader and It, 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 like Tess said with the um, Robin Wall Kimmerer book, it's like a hug. It's like a, a beautiful hug. And I've been, I recently have been recommending this book to other parents who have lost children. So it's, it's a beauty.
0: What gets you through the day? Like, is there a quote or a mantra or a thought or an activity? What is the thing that you go to when you're having a hard day?
2: You know, there's a card in the deck, um, of the game that goes there. That is, um, I think it's a going there card and it is a thing I said to myself today that I would never say to a friend. And I think of that all the time when I am, you know, that internal voice gets really mean. I'm like, hold on, would I say this to my friends? And I often, I often think of my internal voice and this may sound weird, but like, as live now, I'm like, would live say that to me? No. So should I say that to me? No. Um, and kind of practicing like, okay, what would she say to me? She'd be like, chill out, baby. It's okay. You've got this. You're human. It's all right. Wow. Um, so focusing on that and also, you know, I have this sticky note on my windowsill that is curiosity over worry. Um, and I forget mm. who I heard it from or what book it's from, but it really stuck with me because I'm such a worry wart. and I'm like, how can I how can I turn this worry into curiosity? Um, so Stop those it. are some things that that help me. Or if I'm like, all right, gotta take a step back. Let me just open a chapter of a book or walk around the block and yeah. you know, step away. Wonderful. Yeah,
0: I honey. Try-
1: Yeah. um, Especially over the past few years, I've had to learn because I am a a doer. I'm almost a type A kind of person. And I, I just, I feel like I have to accomplish things and I have to do them immediately. And that's actually one of my characteristics that I'm not always fond of. But Through this grieving process that um, we've been experiencing and then, you know, the the work that we're doing, and I credit Tess with this uh, greatly because she's, she's really been open with me about saying, Mom, it's okay to take a break if you're having a difficult day, take a break, do something joyful for yourself. And I, I wasn't that kind of person before. I was like, stuff it, stuff it, you know, you can handle it, you can, you can plow through any, any adversity. And um, even, you know, as recently as the past few months, I have come to recognize when I need to um, step away. And for me, um, doing something as simple as getting a cup of tea and a book or if it's beautiful outside, going outside and being one with nature. Um, I'm kind of like my brother, your your brother-in-law, in that I have to be outside and one with you know whatever um, nature is around me. Be it the woods, the ocean, the desert, whatever. I mean, it that chills me out and calm, Look, it centers me. It kind of. Sure. So, but Tess is so good because, and there, and also the other thing is, I'll call Tess and I'll just be like, I'm really feeling this, and and she'll she just sweetly listens and um, is just there for me in that space. And so, Tessie, thank you so much. I've, you've been incredible in helping me on developing new skills and finding joy.
0: Well, vice versa,
1: mommy. Thanks.
0: Well, I have to tell you, you're both really inspirational people. You really are. You're just your spirits shine bigger than than you, and you're beautiful inside and out. And I am so thankful. I know that you've already saved people. I know that on so many levels. and and it's not just their physical lives that you're saving. You're also saving them in a way that makes life safer. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful and beautiful thing. So I thank you for doing it. I thank you for taking this trauma and and using it as a springboard to something that changes other people and the world in which you are living in. And I also thank you for coming On this podcast and and sharing this with me and with others. So, thank you both. Thank you
1: so much. It's been such a pleasure seeing you and doing this today.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. I could talk to you forever, truly.
1: Let's go get some coffee sometime and (laughs) talk about books and (laughs) like, and answer that question. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) That's great. If you are feeling sad or anxious or depressed, know that you are not alone. Seek help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And please visit theliveproject.org to learn how you can help yourself or someone else. Thank you for listening thank you for listening. I hope through today's podcast, you've connected with an idea or a thought that you're able to take into your own life in a meaningful way. Um, If you like the podcast, of course, I would so appreciate it if you would give it a great rating. And I can't go without acknowledging the amazing and talented William Aronson, who gifted me with an incredible Soulful Connections theme song. He wrote it, he produced it, he recorded it, and I appreciate it. Until next time, let's keep connecting.